Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 8, entitled I See You. Uh, this is like the hospital episode. This happens almost <laughs> entirely in the hospital. It's a, it's a double bottle episode. Got the super yeah. lab in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to start off with the recap, or do you have anything before we get started? Uh, not really. It's... Another really good mix of high comedy and the drama uh-huh. uh, in, in a way that, uh, you know, maybe maybe season three is the is the pinnacle of the comedy drama violence mix. Yeah, because like this stuff with the Jesse gets in, in down <laughs> or gets up to rather in the lab down in the lab had uh-huh. me holding my sides like I it's it still kills every <laughs> single time I see it. Yeah, and there's you know the stuff at the hospital with him where he's like roll me farther, bitch. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 all good. Yeah. Well, yeah, so let's go ahead and start in in on it. Oh, we got another okay. breakfast. We we do yeah up to well, nine slash thirteen or nine slash twelve depending uh, on a, a consumed breakfast definitely has been spotted yeah breakfast offered pro offered and consumed <laughs> uh, we'll start off with Jesse getting dressed painfully as he is released from the hospital and he's waiting for his ride when Hank Hank's ambulance pulls up and he sees oh my god look who it is and he kind of watches him roll him inside before Skinny Pete pulls up and you can tell Jesse's getting. Get kind of getting off here on the karmic retribution. You know, you know, I wasn't sure up until he smiled and said, "It's great," because yeah. I the way Aaron Paul was playing it, it was kind of ambiguous about whether, like, mm-hmm. oh man, now I got what I wanted, but did I really want it? And nope, nope. He's, I yeah, I, I get that. Someone beats the piss out of you. Yeah, it's you pretty, can hold a grudge. It's still pretty fresh. I mean, sure. the wounds have not healed literally. Sure, sure. from this, so. I I understand why he might smile a little bit. Yeah, I was some of my female co hosts on Orange is the New Black in in season two, one character just beat the shit out of another character. And in one of the season three arcs is them kind of like getting over that and people like, I don't believe that this person hasn't forgiven I'm like, they beat the pit broken ribs, man. Yeah. Broken ribs. It's bad news. Yeah, you don't forget that shit. I, 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 Certainly I not none of these women, which weeks. is a good thing, but none of these women have taken a beating, I can tell. <laughs> because if they that, had, that they wouldn't be saying shit like that. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to correct Jesse's grammar here, but, you know, it's farther, not further, Jesse. Come on. Really? Because I've been hanging around. I almost corrected you and said further, bitch, because what's this farther he, shit? He does say further, but farther is distance, further is degree. <laughs> really I, i'm being i'm being walter white here okay the the high school teacher all right stannis <laughs> so we go to the lab and walt tells gail that he's fired and gail doesn't really understand why and walt does a terrible job of explaining it because he doesn't have a good reason uh and he's just finished telling gail something that maybe he'll accept you know i'm classical music you're jazz we're just not melding here and and then the new partner jesse shows up and you can see the look on gail's face like this guy's classical yeah the new metal walks uh, in the door yeah the uh <laughs> hardcore gangster rap shows up and it's not even that it's like lincoln park is what shows what rolled into the room sure sure it's like limp biscuit yes just there you the go party even better even yeah. better <laughs> uh so gail leaves and jesse um Tell us what, what happened to Hank, which he didn't know about yet. Uh, and I I really, I love the look on Gail's face as Walt fails to try to explain himself. Just like, 
trying to understand what's happening here Just and why he's being fired. Like Victor, like, glaring uh-huh. at him, and then Walt trying to lay hands on him and explain things. Just, mm-hmm. look, 200 pounds a week, and it's not not looking good. No. Uh, so we see it when, when we kind of get the establishing shot. Parked right next to uh, the Aztec is a mm-hmm. green Subaru Forester with a goofy-looking bike strapped to the top. Okay. That's Gale's car, right? Gotta be, yeah. Gale's gotta be the guy driving this, this the Subaru Forester. I would guess so. Yeah, or maybe it's the Outback. It's whatever the wagon version is. I think they have wagons of both of those cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Right. I had a Subaru for a while. That I had a Forester. It was a sedan, but I know that there was a hatchback version of it. Yeah, I had a Forester, and it was a little bit boxier than that. But my buddy Big Beard Josh has a uh, an Outback. I think it's an Outback. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, the recumbent bike on top. That's 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 just totally. <laughs> that's 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 Gale all over. So we go back to the hospital, and they're working on fixing the surviving cousin. Uh, I actually thought they were working on Hank at first, but then they show his boot, mm-hmm. and you you know who it is. Yep. Uh, Walt shows up and he finds his family and Gomi and Merkert all in the waiting room. And they kind of talk about what happened to Hank. And it comes out that Merkert had to suspend him and so he didn't have his gun. And Marie hears about that and freaks the fuck out and blames everyone in the room. Yeah. Essentially. Walt Jr. is the only one who doesn't get blamed, I think. I think so. I I have a hard time. I mean... I have a hard time dealing with people having this reaction. Like, I understand it's one of the many things that people can do in these situations, but it's so yeah. useless. It's so useless. To try and find, put put blame on something. Yeah, if only this had happened, then none of these other things would have happened. Yeah. I don't know. Really good stuff here from the rarely seen Betsy it, Brandt acting. Yeah, I portfolio. thought so, too. I've I've got a lot of thoughts on, on her later, but... Um, you know, I it's funny because by the time she rounded on Walt, mm-hmm. which if you don't know what the, if you're not in on the joke of the series, this is the most ludicrous accusation yet. But knowing what we know, it's remarkably on point, except yeah. for, you know, it's over marijuana instead of methamphetamines. But but, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the the one two punch of gomi introducing getting him through security by saying no this guy's family and then marie accusing him of getting hank almost killed yeah is pretty delicious pretty and, delicious as far as irony goes and then skylar sticking up for him and saying look it's not walt's fault like did, stop trying to place blame is she it sticking up for is... walt or is she actually just trying to cuz cuz walt junior is there too flynn mm-hmm. and you know she's got to keep kind of this subterfuge up in front of the family or she, I mean, increasingly she's in the same position as Walt. If she stops doing what she's doing, then everything, all her sunk cost just sure. woof, goes up in flames. Yeah. I think she's more like it happened to be that Walt was the one who was getting the blame at the moment that she stepped in to calm Marie down. Uh, but it, it is actually kind of his fault, you know, oh no. in, in a roundabout way. I, I mean, get it. But yes, Marie doesn't he didn't send in the cousins, but he sure. said it, he set in motion the chain of events sure. that led to that. Sure. And I think, you know, Skylar, at some part of her, I don't know, she's probably too good of a person for this, but some part of her's got to relish the idea of Marie just kind of having this, like, meltdown. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> After all her comments about her writing and yeah, eBaying and like shit. The, and... The, 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 her denial about the Tierra thing and how she just refuses yeah. to take responsibility for any of the grenades she lobs around in life. And now, you know, <laughs> you're, you know, the other thing is your husband could have just not beat the piss out of Jesse. 
There's that. You know, yeah. then he still would have been fine. He could have gotten counseling. Like, all the stuff we talked about. Like, yeah, hey, he would have had his gun, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I just thought it was irritating watching her just wind up and go. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. Marie's there sometimes just to be irritating. I get it. But like <laughs> when she gets stuck in emotional cap lock caps lock mode, I yeah. just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't too much. So we get some small montages here of uh other cops donating blood for Hank. I hope they're cross typing. They're just not slamming in any old, you know What do you got? I, yeah. You got B? You got O, O neg, whatever, we'll take it. Slap it in there. Be well, positive. You know, it's a good opportunity for them to replenish their reserves for whoever. You know, <laughs> that's true. People are in a donating mood. Take advantage of it. That's true. That's Hand true. Hand out orange juice and cookies. There and you go. You're good to go. There you go. This is, they're not telling you, but actually, half of this blood is going through the cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention it. You imagine how pissed Gomi would be. Oh man! If especially if his blood went to the... that's what I'm saying. Your type yeah. actually matches his rare one. <laughs> the only other donor was his twin, and you know, and he's gone. Uh, and Walt kind of takes a whore's bath. Um, not really. He's not washing his pits or anything, but splashing his face in the fountain. Mm. It's a, a small-sized whore's bath here. Uh, Walt notices that the table is wobbly, and he tears a flyer out of a magazine to fix it. Yeah, he co- turns into Bob Vila, this old waiting room. Yeah, what's going on with him? Just bored? And Marie's face. Like, she wears this like de- face of detached, I don't know what you would call it, incredulity. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout this entire scene, and kind of sky that they've all got various shades of what the fuck. Yeah, but I thought hers was the best. I mean, they, how long do you think they spend in there? A full day? I think it's over two. Over two days? I think you're right. But man, Jesse must have spent a while in the lab too. Like I'm trying to. Jesse must have gone home at some point. We just don't see it. I think so. Why? I yeah. mean, because when he says, "Could anyone else use?" Uh, their teeth brushed. I t- took that as to mean that sure. they've been there at least 24 hours. So surely Jesse's gone home and come back. I would think so. And yeah. then at one point, Jesse says, it's been a day. How long does this grieving process take? You know, mm-hmm. so it's certainly two, maybe even three days. Yeah. Jesse's always uh, willing to accommodate people's feelings. Especially with it's <laughs> Hank. Like, yeah. I like yeah. it. And he's like, tell your brother, tell your asshole brother to head towards the light. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, so in Walt's absent, Jesse is amusing himself in the lab for for the first time. You know, we get a couple of montages of him doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of spinning around in a chair and like pacing back, shouting and forth down and stuff. a ventilation shaft. Is yeah, yeah. It gets a lot better later on. Uh, and then Walt is paged over the intercom for a phone call, and it's Jesse. He says, uh, "Hey, when are we getting back to cooking?" And Walt doesn't have a timeline for him, so Jesse says, I'm going to cook on my own. Mm-hmm. But Walt's like, no, no, you don't even know how to use anything. No, there's not an instruction manual. Just don't touch anything. Right. And then Skyler suggests a breakfast. Uh, and also Walt's back into uh, lying husband mode. Yeah, and you can see Skyler roll her eyes every time yeah, he gets and a he, phone call. He, you know? underst- he gets that, too. Like, sure. oh, you'll never guess who that is. She's like, oh, no, I, I could make him. <laughs> Pretty accurate guesses. And, and I don't even want to hear your bullshit uh-huh, right now. Uh-huh. Got other stuff going on. Uh, so then they have breakfast in the cafeteria, which Walter Jr. consumes. Yes, he does. At least partially. Like, I, we don't see the end of that breakfast, so... That's true. And it's, it's not probably sure. not the best breakfast he's ever had, considering oh, no. it's in a hospital. 
Yeah, even Skylar's like, well, surprisingly, these pancakes are pretty good. Institutional pancakes. Are these eggs? I, I don't even it's know. It's eggs. It was eggs. Yeah. But Marie has water spots on her fork, and she goes on a rant about how her patient's supposed to survive in a hospital that's as grimy and disgusting as this one. I wonder how Marie deals with patients like herself. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. As, her, as her radiation tech. Like, you know, people like, you just make sure you get that lead apron on me correctly. I don't want to be getting cancer. I know this is all about cancer. I bet yeah. she has zero patience for this shit. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Or maybe her... It'd be maybe, interesting to see her at her job. Maybe that's why she's so fucking crazy. She uses every ounce of her patience in her mm-hmm. day job. And then she just comes home and purples out and, mm-hmm. you know, be treats people sh- shitty. And steals stuff. And steals stuff. You gotta have an outlet. You gotta have outlets, Jim. Sure. I drink desperately. <laughs> Marie's a kleptomaniac. We all get by. All right. Uh, Walt talks her down by recounting his experience with his operation at this same hospital and how he survived and kind of gives everyone a bit of renewed faith, you know, and it it connects everyone for a moment. It really does. Like even Skylar is strangely moved about his testimony about the one time in life he wanted desperately to be stuck in traffic to spend more time with his family. He hits all the green lights. Yeah. Which is the way it works, right? Cruel twist of fate, sure. It is, it is. And then he, you know, a lot of the series is traded on Hank's manliness versus Walt's kind of nebbishness, mm-hmm. and he uses it to positive effect when he goes, you know, I survived, uh, lost half my lung, and I'm not even half the man your husband is. Yeah. That was before I had all my lungs, so I'm like one quarter, but I still survived. Yeah, and I think this scene, you know, even connects with the audience members in a significant way. Like I, you know, we're all kind of worried about Walt at the beginning of this series because he's got some serious problems. Yeah. And this, a lot of, there's a lot of psychological tension in this because, you know, as Jesse increasingly desperately points out, you know, Walt dismisses him as if this was back when they were doing an RV. Like, you know, my family comes before your schedule. And he's like, this is not my schedule. Yeah. This is the big man, scary man with the multi-million dollar drug lab mm-hmm. that's underneath this. But it's like, you know, with with the scary henchman, this is something we have to take serious. And yeah, I these Breaking Bad works really well when it's got those episodes that slowly ratchet the tension with these timelines. And mm-hmm. you keep thinking like, OK, Walt wants to go home and brush his teeth. Oh, we're going to get the fast pace he's gonna fly into the lab and try to set a bunch of dials and pour a bunch of chemicals and what's gonna go wrong but no he's he just goes home and gets his shit yeah comes right back that's what i thought too and it kind of almost works better that you you have the scene at the end you know where he's promising gus oh we'll deliver twice as much the next oh, week that was hard that was like because he doesn't go try to do this hasty cook he gets himself into what could be more trouble right he's I, I want to talk about it more when we get there, but you, the look on Gus's face doesn't tell me that he really trusts this man very much anymore. Well, sure. <laughs> Especially since he's being, I mean, like, I feel like if Walt, well, let's, yeah, no, let's talk about it now. I feel like if Walt had just said, look, my brother, the DEA agent, uh, has gotten shots in the line of duty, and if I bug out now, I'd be super suspicious, and I just need mm-hmm. a couple days. I will promise I'll cook a double batch next week. I think Gus had been fine. The fact that Walt is lying to him, as well as you know, bringing on Jesse and leaving Jesse down there in the lab unsupervised, I think this is all setting off alarm bells into his head. Especially since he's got bigger problems. He's got shit. He's yeah. 
He doesn't need Walt fucking up shit. He's got Juan Bolsa on yeah. his Bolsa. Yeah, he's uh, he's got other things on his plate for sure, mainly chicken. But uh, I... <laughs> and lining up a Michael Corleone style settling all chicken business. Yes, uh-huh. plot against the, the 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 Don Juan. So yeah, I I was watching this and I'm thinking like, man, Gus. So does Gus have deliveries that he has to make? Does he need this 200 pounds, or does he have a supply that he keeps? In case of things like this, I imagine Gus, as a cautious man, would keep a supply well, see, I on think hand. There was, I was going to ask you what you thought about that, where he has this conversation with Juan, where Juan's like, "How'd you hear about our men and the DEA?" And yeah. Gus is like, "I guess your shipment's going to be late." I wonder if I don't think he needs that shipment. Yeah, well, because he's got the super lab. But now. but I think this is his pretext because he's trying uh, to. I mean, he's playing this long game with this cartel. He's clearly trying to do a takeover, but he wants. I mean, he also clearly wants to put this on a very slow burn. So uh-huh. it's like you know when they're like, "What the fuck are you selling this blue shit for?" They he can be like, "Well." You left me no choice. Your men got apprehended or killed, and yeah. they shut down the border. And what was I supposed to do? Not make money. So, I mean, it's all it seems like part again. He's got these two or three steps that mm-hmm. he's playing ahead of everybody at all times, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Um. Where were we at? We I go. We go to Gus in the chicken office, and he gets this call from Juan Bolsa. We'll. There we go. We'll recap this scene since we're already talking about it. Um says he didn't give the order to kill Hank and he doesn't know who did and um Juan is is angry and he says that once they learn the truth um th- th- they'll learn the truth when their man gets out of the hospital you know and that I, that's pretty ominous for Gus right sure and i'm kind of surprised that he i guess the show needs us to believe this but like i if i'm Juan i don't know that i trust that the cousins just didn't go off half cocked yeah because these guys seem like that's kind of how they live. They live in in, in some for, form of partially cocked mode at all times. Uh-huh. Uh, it's only through the ruthless application of Vulcan philosophy that they're able to, you know, put their boots on each morning to focus yeah. up that much. Because I mean, look at look at cousin number two here, like you know, going on full legless zombie mode, crawl towards Walt. Terminator I mean, mode. That's man. yeah. That's not going to. There there was no scenario in which that was going to be a positive assault <laughs> no but i still feel like if he reaches walt walt is a dead man like there's nothing he can do against this limbless <laughs> terminator he right? can just walk at a brisk pace away from it that's what i mean but if he As, if he reaches him if he's able to lay a hand okay on him, yes Walt's if, done forget if about in the it. desert walt is paralyzed by fear and there's no dea agents three deep around him uh-huh uh, and this guy gets his hands a good grip on him. Yeah, I don't think Walt could fight him off. I don't think so either. There's no amount of boots, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever but, Walt. Yeah. Wearing. there's no amount Moccasins. of penny loafers to the face. Uh-huh. There's no amount of members only jacket covered elbows that's going to keep him from climbing up into a full guard and just strangling him. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I agree with you there. I'm just saying. At this point. Sure, in this room, it's not going to happen. <laughs> For sure. I mean, Gomi wants nothing more than to shoot the guy in the head. So yeah. Let him yeah. try it. This guy can't even deal with a doorknob. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's maybe just beyond his reach from the floor there. I and mean, he's losing uh-huh. blood the whole time. Yep. Scary uh, guy, though. Gus has four Rolodexes, I think I saw. 
Mm. Chicken Man's got a lot of contacts. He needs a Rolodex for his Rolodex. I guess so, yeah. Like a card catalog system that tells mm-hmm. you where everything is. Uh, so the doctors tell everyone that Hank's out of surgery. He's on the road to recovery, but they can't see him for a few hours. So Walt offers to go home to get some of their, their stuff so they can freshen up. Uh, and when he goes downstairs, there are about a thousand cops in the lobby, and they tell him that the surviving attacker is upstairs. They go up and they show him the damage that Hank did to this guy, and that's when he goes Terminator, crawls out of bed. He has no legs. It's fucked up. Like it's something out of The Walking Dead when that guy, like the heartbeat yeah. starts climbing, and he gets super intense. Um, I, I just can't help but see the the scene where the Terminator gets crushed. Oh yeah, in the the press whatever press that is sure. I, they're in some warehouse and sure still coming after him i think that's where they bail up recyclable cardboard <laughs> in a press that can squeeze uh the metal <laughs> legs off a terminator <laughs> you know if it's good enough uh, right. to bail cardboard it surely will press a titanium <laughs> endoskeleton right sure <laughs> uh so they they we go back to the lab and we get a montage of jesse fucking around the real fucking around montage mm. here Classic Jesse moment where he inflates that suit. I get in the giant vacuum tube to try to suck his dick. <laughs> yep, that's also like good. who you know. I would ask who does that, except for I don't want Michael P sending me an email about which vacuum sweeper <laughs> sucks dick the best. Like you know, I, uh-huh. if you do it, I you can keep it to yourself. I don't I don't need to know the particulars, the physics of the sink pissing. Oh, uh, he's the one who's tried it though. I, sure, I, they're probably probably. Yeah, maybe that's like even like whoa, low blow guys. <laughs> I've never we'll fi- I've never sucked. I've never stooped to a Hoover job, man. I think we'll find out before the end of the season. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah, and like you, you remember the. Um, the the fan fest yep. uh, the costume contest the winner of that was a young lady who dressed up like Jesse and I thought that was she's already like one of the top tier costumes but she'd also rigged it to where it would inflate and uh-huh. she did the Jesse dance and it's like well here's all the blue ribbons yeah that was amazing oh uh, and plus just his delight at like finding it and then realizing that Victor is just looking can you imagine <laughs> uh. Yeah. And it's like when he asks, yeah. like, why isn't there anything cooking? I would love to hear Jesse's response. Like, do you see what I'm up to? Are you, is this a serious question? That's the thing. So that question is really incriminating, right? Because Jesse can't say, I don't know how to cook this right. stuff. Right. Because Walt just brought him in, presumably because he's a better partner than Gail. Yep. Who knew how to prep everything, knew how to cook everything, maybe got a temperature wrong, but was in the ballpark. Jesse doesn't know shit. Yeah. about this lab so he can't really say anything and i want to know what his line is too i would like and they cut i i did it's like why did you cut away <laughs> i guess because they had their quota of awkward you know panicked explanations yeah so i don't know uh so we go back to walt in the hospital um he's returning from his supply trip and jesse calls him again and he tells him that they're rapidly approaching their cooking deadline and walt is like uh yeah, yeah, I know, whatever. And he asks if you remember who was coming up from Mexico to get him. And then he remembers uh, that it was Tuco's cousin. And he figures out, he puts two and two together and says, oh, that's who these guys are. And he kind of realizes that maybe he did this to Hank at that point. Yeah. Which is... Uh, well, not only that, but... Shocking to him. <laughs> it's not just that, but also I'm in danger because Hank wasn't There's ever the too. primary target. Yeah. And that's the fucked up thing about Walt here. Uh-huh. He's... At this point, he becomes more concerned with himself than Hank, and I—I I guess I understand that reaction, but it still is pretty selfish. 
Yeah, uh, with the family involved, like so many other things in the show, it blurs the lines mm. because yeah. if it was just like him, Hank was his best buddy, uh-huh. um, and he's a bachelor, and they're both, you know, then it's pure, then it's just pure selfish, like yeah. selfishness. If with with Skyler and 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 Junior and and Baby Holly as as true innocence, ah, uh, it's hard for me to say. I mean. I can use a lot of other evidence to say that he's a selfish prick. Sure. <laughs> but this one is like, ah, I might give him this one. Okay. All right. I mean, these guys are psychopaths and they know, you know, if they, they could get to Hank, then, you know, and that's the thing when, you know, he, he asked Gomi about it and it's like, oh, brother, they ain't getting to him. There's no way. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. can I get protected? Why do you need protection? Like, there's no way that conversation goes well for, for Walt. Yeah. Uh, so Walt goes upstairs to deliver the stuff that he picked up from home. And he brought Junior's book, Killing Pablo, to him, which is apparently a book that Hank gave him because nobody really knows about the guys who brought down Pablo Escobar, even though they know a lot about the man himself. I read that book. It's a good book. Oh, you did? It's uh, written by the same guy that wrote Black Hawk Down. And it's the same kind of like real time, 360 degree look at this particular thing. It talks about what we knew about the... Um, police force down there investigating what we know about the DEA, what we knew about Pablo, and like tells the whole story as they converge. I want to say there was a documentary that I watched about. It probably it, is titled the same thing. Probably, probably. I haven't seen that. Okay, it was on Netflix years back, and I watched it. But uh, it's 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 really good. Um, and I thought it was it was interesting that Junior now it's like if he didn't think his uncle Hank was a hero before, mm-hmm. it's like full on mode because not only did I mean, he killed these. He he essentially killed these two guys with his bare hands. Yeah, when they I mean, were armed with guns and axes, axes and, and had to drop on him and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, like this is objectively badass. Yeah, you got to wonder if Hank recovers from this. What does he do? You know, does he go after these people? Does he try and track down who they were working for? Does he try and track down who made this phone call to him? Like then you can tell like there's a lot of ominous things in here with like you know well when the bullets lodge this close to the spine you know like they're setting up the possibility that even if he makes a full recovery it may never be a full recovery yeah and what does a man like Hank do when he can't do his police work when he's already got all these other psychological things riding on him he'll need to get a hobby probably probably Uh, Walt gets a call from Gus. And he goes outside to take it, and Gus wants to know why they're falling behind on their cook. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Walt, in, I, man, it would be a stroke of brilliance if it weren't for the fact that it was so blatantly obvious what he's doing, but he blames it on Gail, and Gus listens with his expressionless stone face, as usual. We all know that Gus doesn't believe a damn word of it. And then Walt promises twice the wait next week, and Gus asks for his word on that. You know, you say it's expressionless, but I feel like that there is a a, a very um, a genteel uh, hmm. disdain on his face. Like almost, I wonder a, if that's a very, implied, almost though. like a very like a British kind of look. <laughs> like I'm too polite to call you on your bullshit, mm-hmm. but don't think that I'm don't can't smell it. You know. So I agree that that is there, but I don't know if that's something that's actually on his face it's or like, something that we're putting on his face it, because we know but the if you situation. look at Walt, if you look at Gus's neutral expression, there's uh-huh. something different. I don't know whether it's like the nostrils are flared or the eyebrows yeah. are slightly arced or the, the eyes are slightly widened. I mean, that's 
Giancarlo Esposito is a warlock when it comes to getting a lot out of very little. It's a subtle performance. Yeah. And that thing, it's, I think that's the genius is that he kept pulling back and pulling back and pulling back. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it makes his like big smile at the end of the episode as he's putting as he's breaking the phone. Like it makes that really pop. Yeah. Like what kind it of does. man are we dealing with that can just be so stone faced about everything? And then you know, and it implies a lot about the situation that just happened. Sure, uh, which we'll talk about when we get there. Uh, but I this stuff is my kryptonite. Like I know yeah. there's people that enjoy like the recruiting rounds of American Idol where you just got a bunch of idiots and no talent hacks and whatever, and they're just cutting these people down brutally. It's like I feel just intense personal embarrassment watching people in humiliating circumstances. So when Watching Walt, people humiliate themselves. Yeah, when Walt yeah. is sitting there and just making an obvious fool of himself and tra- mm-hmm. telling his transparent lies poorly to someone that isn't buying it, it's it's very hard. It's that, That's an interesting comparison because – a lot of those people on American Idol, you think, do they understand what they're doing? Are they in on the joke? Does Walt know here that he's so he's transparent? Bombing? Yeah. I don't think he does because this is kind of the pattern he went – like him and Gus, his relationship mirrors season one, Walt and Skyler. Like we know that he expected Skyler to fall for all of his bullshit and then – well, I don't know. Maybe he used the anger and and denial and bluster as another way to kind of like cow her into submission. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. He doesn't seem like he's that self aware about a lot of things. He feels like he can play her for the fool until he literally can't because she has it all figured out and then and throws it in his face. But and but then he's just you know how dare you yeah. throw this into my? I don't know. But that's not going to work with Gus. He can't say how dare you accuse me of all this because. Gus is a much much more dangerous man than Skyler well, we'll is a wife. I guess that's a good test for how self aware he is if he can yeah. realize that. And <laughs> but I mean, so far he is trying to just you know snow him under with all this bullshit. But I feel like he's digging himself deeper here. No, oh, yeah, this promise of twice the weight next week. I mean, that's digging yourself a bigger hole, man. Yeah, I bet he can do it. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he could pull it off. But that's assuming no unforeseen circumstances. Well, like he just thing, gave a right? very dangerous man who we saw take down the head of a a cartel, some some kind of you know at least middle management of sure. this cartel. Just this very episode, a very dangerous man. He's giving him his word. Uh huh. He better fucking deliver. And if he doesn't, yeah, uh, he's gonna get Juan Bolsed. Uh, you'd think so, yeah, and. Yeah, I again the play here was just to come clean. I think so. Because why doesn't he? I think it's the DEA thing. Okay. Because as far as Walt knows, so, Gus doesn't know that he's uh-huh. in bed with someone whose family is in uh is is a relatively high ranking agent in the DEA. Yeah. So now in this next scene when he shows up at the hospital, oh. he's probably like, God, why didn't I just fucking tell him? This just never ends, man. Because <laughs> this not? is just like whole five minutes is just me like, ah, oh, I can't watch the screen. <laughs> what? Ah, the yep. waves of humiliation. What's going on? Yeah, and it's it's also hilarious to see how well Gus is handling all of this and how poorly Walt is handling it. Like rushing down, pulling his hair out, trying to talk to Gus in this sea of cops. And Gus is just like, this is one of the dumbest things you've ever done, A, but B, I'm going to play it cool. Right. Way cooler than you will ever play it. I don't know. It's like, you know, I, 
this is Gus with a plan that is being that's that's executing and also you know like that's true yeah so he knew all this was going to happen and he knew so I feel like when you see Walt with a plan and it's executing well like when he stone cold Jesse about you know my product and you're not cooking anymore and you're out I'm in mm-hmm. that I, I wonder if we'll ever get an opportunity to see Gus. I say hypothetically, if we'll ever see an instance of Gus kind of losing his cool because things aren't going. I mean, he's still like on phase four or five of his however many phase plan and everything, even, you know, with the minor things like Walt not cooking the product and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like he, you know, he's always got Gail waiting in the wings. It's true. And Gail's got a couple cooks under his belt with Walt and, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like that. He's not really panicked. If Walter f- fucks yeah. up next week, he has Victor take him out to the desert, and uh-huh. he brings in Gale and some other student from University of New Mexico, and they keep on going. Yeah, I think it was key to show this Juan Bolsa stuff in this episode, because we need to know how dangerous of a man Gus is. You know, we've seen him kind of being the barrier between danger and Walt for a while now, but to see that he's a danger in and of himself, sure, I think that's super important. You're saying this, that Gus is the moment. danger? Yes, Gus is the danger. Uh, anyway, Walt's wandering through the hospital, and he runs into Gomi, and he asks if um, there could be other people coming to get Hank, which really he's asking about himself at this point. Right. Uh, Gomi assures him that no one's getting to Hank, and then he says uh, that he gets a call that says, hey, food is here, and oh, it's Gus. It's Los Poyos Hermanos. He's brought food in for the entire precinct there, or all the law enforcement people that have shown up, uh, and he's coming by to deliver it personally. And then we go to Gus meeting with the family to convey his condolences. There's uh, a conversation where he says that he met Hank once and Walt's name came up. And you can see Walt start to panic a little here. Oh, man. Like, what, is, what is Gus going to do? What does what Walt think he's going to do? Just well, out mean, him? No, but I, I feel like he does think this is a message and it's about to... It is. I mean, I oh, yeah. What do you... I mean, like, do you ever think, put yourself in this position... Like, you're in this exact position, and this guy came to do this, and he's playing it this way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what the hell does it mean? Do I, when I walk to my car, is it going to explode? What the fuck? Yeah. You know, what, what kind of... Because this is an insane risk for Gus to take, too. But as he explains, his camouflage is hiding in plain sight. You know? He, how, are, yeah, who, I, how are you ever going to su- suspect this guy who's offering a reward for the identity of the killers and information and he's he's mm-hmm. catering the food and he's sponsoring your fun runs and he's you know I uh, yeah and I, I still feel like I bet that's very effective and I wonder how many real life criminals like you know I mean like just the setting Godfather, somebody back back on path we see the Godfather where like you know they buy judges and senators and they have a friendly relationship yeah. because they're corrupt and crooked. But this is like, I wonder how often this actually happens. Hiding in plain sight? Yeah. Has there ever been like a, a major crime family? Or it wouldn't be a crime family. I guess it'd be a solo operator that does this thing where he does the ride-alongs and does the donations and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it'd be kind of cool. I've never heard of one. I haven't either. But... Since I've been covering Breaking Bad, I've seen multiple stories of people cooking meth in RVs and teachers cooking yeah. meth and like. That's kind of becoming a trope, and but <laughs> yeah, this I don't know. It'd be brilliant, but it's also like one of those things where, you know, it's like how many clownfish had to get stung to death by anemones before they developed the ability to, you know, 
to, to, to hide in them, yeah, yeah. you know. So it's like that's a date. So if you're a guy like Gus, you're you're doing that. It's like oh, let me rub up against this thing that might kill me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping it works. Like it's kind of crazy. Yeah. The other thing is, I I don't feel like Walt yet knows who he's dealing with. He thinks he's dealing with a guy who is a lot like him. You know, calm. What Walt sees himself as calm and cool and calculated and not necessarily prone to violence. Like, he doesn't see those sort of things from Gus yet. But you know what? That's But prob- we do as an audience, which I like. It's probably the, the irony is that he is dealing with someone a lot like himself. When pushed far enough, he resorts to well, violence. I'm just saying that, yeah, yeah. he's, you know, and, and in fact, maybe, you know, like, Walt looks at Gus and says, that's where I want to be. Uh, and But Walt doesn't think of that in terms of, like, you know, having to make decisions about people <laughs> living and dying and all uh-huh. that stuff. But having to fight we see wars. in this episode, yeah, like, he is liquidating people. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not just with, like, the, you know, Mike Palman needles and stuff. Like, no, assault weapons and, and busting down doors and, and mm-hmm. killing people. Yep. I feel like we're constantly one step of our one step ahead of ourselves here. Because we're like talking about the next scene. We're gustering in this podcast. Yeah, I think so. Wherever you're at in your recap, I'm three paragraphs ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Should try a podcast like that where Uh, we talk. We we don't recap the scene until we've spent 15 minutes talking about it. Yes, Jim. Now thank me and shake my hand. (laughs) So yeah, they go downstairs in the the lobby of a thousand cops, and Walt tells Gus Hank's not a problem for their business, and asks why his brother was attacked. Gus says he doesn't think there will be any further problems. No, this man was gravely <laughs> injured. He's not likely to survive. And just then a commotion starts. Everyone goes upstairs and we see um, the the surviving cousin is dying and he, he dies right there on the spot. And then we see a quick glimpse of Mike leaving the scene. In case you missed that, he tosses something into a, like where they put the charts or whatever no, outside the room. That was a, sh- a sharp box. Sharp? box yeah like when you go to the doctor and a doctor gives you a shot they have these slotted boxes where it holds the the syringes so the you know and that's Mm. the implication is so strong that mike shot this guy with something that i actually remembered that a scene with him in there and i totally did and i actually rewound (laughs) like 15 minutes and watched again because i was you know taking notes and stuff sure and i'm like did i fucking miss that But no, it's just that's all you need to know. You've already you know enough yeah. about Mike, and you're starting to appreciate enough about Gus that you put the two and two together. And I like how subtle it was, you know. Yep. Just a super quick shot of Mike. Yep. Is all you need. Um. So Gus gets a call from Juan, who says he thinks he's behind all of this, and as he's threatening to pay Gus a visit, men with guns bust into his house and kill him. Yeah. Boom. He's dead. Now there was some question I know on our first time through whether or not Juan Bolsa was actually dead in this scene. I felt like he was dead from this moment. Like there's a very clear scene where his front door opens. There are multiple There are men with guns. They are all gun. firing yep. Yep. and he's standing there, so either he's the fastest motherfucker alive. And Gus is smiling and he breaks the cell phone. I mean, that's a, yeah. a very finality. There's a, a finality to that. Seems like it. So I think, I think, yeah, I never, I, I didn't know that that was a debate. Huh. Okay. I thought it was a fairly big debate in our season four coverage. Uh, anyway, we go to the hospital. The really? Doctor, I thought so. Wow. Maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe I'm putting scenes in. That Y'all are lucky that I hadn't watched happen. the podcast season three because I would have shut that shit right down. <laughs> uh, at the hospital, the doctor comes in to tell Hank, uh, tell them that Hank is stable enough for a visit. 
They go into his room where he is alive, but not responsive. He's in bad shape. Real bad shape. Yeah, that's rough. It's always always rough when you go see someone that you care about and they're just hooked up to machines and pale and sure. it's, it's it's terrifying. Yeah. Um and you know, that's the thing. You know, the terrible thing about Marie and how black and white she is is also the awesome thing about Marie because she uh you know, doesn't take any of his doctor's guff about policies and regulations and all that hospital We're family shit yeah we're all family let us in you know though if i was a doctor i'd be tempted to say well because marie is also the type of pa- that will just flip out and do something crazy like what are all these tubes doing and start yanking you know it's like <laughs> maybe a supervised visit yeah and, and maybe all of her family's that crazy so you got five uh-huh. of them in there trying to do stupid shit and throwing punches <laughs> so i don't know sure I feel like there could be a funny edit where, like, Marie and her family are in the room with Hank, and then you see the Terminator cousin crawling <laughs> across the floor toward him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty good. Uh, but that's the end of the episode. I, th- I thought this was a particularly good one. Yeah, it had a good blend of, of tension and, and comedy and, uh, you know, violence and... For as much as, like... Marie kisses Hank's head, which you gotta think is, you know, it's got, like, three days worth of Hank funk built up on it. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Uh, But if you told me, like, oh, we're gonna spend an entire episode in the hospital with Hank in surgery and the family sitting around in the waiting room, I'd be like, I don't want to see that. Or if... There's nothing interesting about that. And also... they really... They pull it off. You know, the fact that you would think... They do a lot of subverting your expectations by having Gus show up in his hide and plain sight speech. And I thought yeah. it was a nice change to have Walt be there for the family instead mm-hmm. of, you know, every other time he's at a deadline, he jettisons the family. It's true. Uh, or puts the jet family in danger or makes them afraid. And here he does the right thing against a lot of stress and odds. And I, mm-hmm. so why do you think he does that? Do you think he doesn't respect <sighs> Like, like if Tuco was the guy that he was cooking 200 pounds for, he, does he stay by Hank's side? Oh, yeah. So you think, you think that Although he... Although Tuco would have been more insistent, we'll say that. <laughs> right, so that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think that, the, that that's hmm. a problem, that, that uh, Walt yeah. is essentially not respecting Gus sufficiently? Maybe he thinks Gus is too understanding, is, is more understanding than Gus might be. Yeah, and the whole lie. I mean, you know, him telling the 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 lies and the bullshit. We know Gus is a patient too. man. He Gus is. is yeah, I, you might be right. If Tuco's screaming at you on the phone, if Tuco shows up in that lobby, different huh. things go down a lot differently. Well, yeah, he gets he gets <laughs> cut down by a hail of bullets. Uh, but, well, uh, I I mean, like pre all the shit that happened with Tuco. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they weren't really onto him at that time, were they? Yeah, I was he like a big wanted figure? I I can't remember. I'm saying that like this Tuco goes in and starts laying hands on Walt and smack him around. Yeah. In this same circumstance, uh, he gets gutted like a fish. Sure, they're Let's already looking shoot to gut first. Somebody. At, I mean, because that's the thing. Like after Marie, that's the, th- the other thing is after you know that these guys after Marie gave that speech is like we nothing's going to happen to Hank. Yeah, we are going to have we are going to roll up here in force and they will have to, it will literally have to be a Terminator job like Arnold mm-hmm. mowing down through an entire Los Angeles police department before we're going to let anything bad happen to him. Uh, yeah, it. I mean, it makes me wonder. So I know they don't care nearly as much about this cousin. Obviously, they'd rather see him dead, frankly. Uh, but if Mike can get in there and 
inject this cousin with something. Yeah. Could he do the same to Hank if he really wanted to? I feel like there are a lot of guards on Hank right now. Like, just... But there were guys... So that's no thing. one's it's going like, in that room except for... I think it was smart not to show how Mike did that because... Hmm. They also established that the cousin, for obvious reasons, is under guard as well. They did. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was one, and he wasn't kind of really paying attention very well. He was talking with nurses, and I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I think it was smart for them not to show Mike because they'd have to devote a lot of time to have Mike do that believably. Whereas yeah. we've they've sold us on Mike being enough of a a fixer type of guy, a cleaner type of guy that we don't need to see that to buy it. It's true. So, like, why borrow the grief of trying to come up with a plausible way to get into this secure sure. area and kill him? And let the character's history do the work. Yeah, yeah, that's, I like it. That's what's nice. You can't do that all the time. Sure, but you can. You know, if you if you do your homework right, you can you can lean on that a couple times. All right, that's it. Anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh, I don't think so. This we- is. This is the part, and this like I feel like this is the point in the season where we're at the top of the hill and the roller coaster, and it's about to go down. Hmm. So, um, if uh, I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, automatic weapons have been introduced. Gus has kind of revealed himself. There is going to be some yeah. some shit happening the rest of the season. All right. Uh, any feedback we need to get to? Uh, no, we got another uh, week of of light feedback, and you know there might be people like, "Damn it! I know I sent a, a email on this, but again, we're recording these out of sequence." to get this to work out with our fall schedule. So yeah. uh, it's likely if you send an email about this particular episode or any particular episode and you don't hear it, that I will eventually read it on a later podcast. Yeah, like at this point, four or five episodes later. So we're sure. actually approaching the end of the season by the time you get your feedback in Yeah, for this episode. Well, and I think what we'll do toward when we get to that phase where we're just fooling them out is what we ought to do is we get some good relevant email as we can just do an add-in, you know. So okay, uh, that's that's what I thought we would do anyway. Because yeah, that, that might won't work. take like ten, fifteen minutes, and yeah, uh, but we'll see. Speaking of things that won't take ten or fifteen minutes, I have like one question I want to ask as a spoiler. Okay, so I think we'll have a small spoiler section because I didn't have thing. like I thought there was not a whole lot of stuff that is forward looking or even backward looking in this episode. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I just I want to ask you. Uh, I, I want to make you force you into prediction. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we're gonna do that after the episode, uh, after the outro music. Do you do you want to give us an outro? Give us some email contact info and yeah. If you'd like to send us feedback, uh, the good way to do that is breaking good at baldmove.com. You can get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com, where there is a thread for each episode. You can go into the breaking good forum and uh, find the one you want to give it and throw in some thoughts. And there you go. All right, cool. Well, like I said, if you also wanna... if you're, I, I haven't been shouting this out, but. For every one of these episodes, Shane B. has got a Heisenberg Chronicles companion piece, which has got, you know, uh, interesting scenes, tidbits, Easter fan eggs. art, Easter eggs. Like, if, you, if you're if you craving for some more analysis and just aren't ready to say goodbye to the episode, and every show notes for this, for the, the podcast, I've got his associated Heisenberg Chronicles collection for this episode. So I okay. just wanted to give him a shout out and thank him for all the, the time and effort he, he he took on that. All right. Yeah. So if you want to hear those spoilers, stick around after the music. If not, we'll see you next week. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you.
And we're back with the spoiler section. I just have one quick question for I'm you. Terrified. What is it? Uh, so we've been throughout this season and last season actually constantly surprised at how fast this show is moving. What is your guess over under on how many episodes it takes for Hank to make a full recovery? Because we know he does. When do you think that happens? Not until season four. Like middle of season four, end of season four? Oh, you actually, okay. <laughs> if you had to guess. He takes his first steps out of the house, but he still uses a cane. I want to say he goes back to DEA with a cane, mm. like episode four of season four. And then okay. he progressively, like every episode, he, you know, he gets a little less limp and then he's done yeah. with the cane by the end of the end of the season. All right. Did you actually that look this reasonable. up? I didn't actually look this up. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I was just curious what you thought, because we've been so yeah. surprised. The by only it. reason I, th- I, I'm saying season four is because I recall that was one of our predictions that, you know, yeah. Hank was going to continue to deteriorate and that he's going to hit rock bottom when Marie <laughs> divorces him. Uh huh. Um, but so you, but I like honestly, I might have guessed if if that wasn't the case, I might have guessed end of season three. Yeah, I, I get you. And it wasn't season four. That was the min, that's the peak minerals season. Yeah, right. Yeah, he. I mean, it takes him a while to. It takes him a while to get out of the get fucking to hospital. the minerals. Yeah, like she has to give. Like you know, we've talked about the sad, pathetic birthday hand job. Mm-hmm. Other end of the spectrum is the miraculously healing Marie hand job that gets him up and out of bed that immediately. Did, did exactly. Yeah. That. He, that I forgot about like the time period where he doesn't even want to leave the hospital. Right. right? He doesn't even. I, I don't know what it is. We'll we'll get there certainly in the season, but yeah, yeah. There there are kind of a several phases of his recovery. Yeah. There's hospital Hank. There's housebound, homebound Hank. Yeah. And then there's Kane Hank. Sure. And then there's <laughs> shitting Hank. To- toilet shitting Hank. What's the best Hank? <laughs> Uh, there's garage doors, Hank. That, that garage door, there's table side guacamole, good. Hank. That's pretty good, Hank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse pressure, Hank. Ooh, face down in the desert, Hank. Not the best, <laughs> Hank. Right? Definitely not. No. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. So prediction made. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go find out on the right answer on the Breaking Bad wiki. Cool. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode. Uh, all right. Thanks. That's it. All right. Bye bye.